0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with renowned designer, product designer, and longtime friend of the show, Michael Berman. Michael Berman is multifaceted, ultra-creative, and always willing to share what he knows with others. Those are just a few of the things I appreciate most about Michael. What makes him truly remarkable as a designer is how well-rounded he is. And how talented he is. Michael is a highly successful designer with a highly successful design studio, multiple product lines in many different categories from furnishings to rugs to plumbing, and of course, his Studio Modern line of tile with Walker Zanger. Michael and I spoke as part of a distance uh, design series called The Showroom a partnership between Walker Zanger and Convo by Design. We cover a lot of ground and talk about a number of amazing projects. Follow along as you listen to the conversation, because many of these projects can be found on Michael's website, MichaelBermanLimited.com, as well as on the Convo by Design YouTube channel. Enjoy this conversation, by design, with Michael Berman. Before we get to this, a quick reminder. You can catch every episode of Convo by Design by subscribing to the show on your device. You can also find every episode and extras like the Convo by Design blog at convobydesign.com. Did you know that Convo by Design has been telling the stories of design luminaries for seven years now with over 276 episodes produced with listeners in over 60 countries around the world? It's true. So, if you're new to the show, go check out the episodes you missed, as well as over 200 videos, on our YouTube channel. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger, a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952 and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan. A collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online Zanger. First of all, thank you all very much for, uh, for joining us today. My name is Josh Cooperman. I'm the uh, host and publisher of Convo by Design, a podcast about design and architecture, as well as the associate publisher of Modern Luxury Interiors California Magazine. Welcome to the showroom. Um, we're, we're talking about design and architecture, and uh, special thanks to Walker Zenger for making this possible. Um, Speaking of Walker Zanger, you will see Erica Eteganeson, who is with Walker Zanger. She's going to be helping us moderate the the, uh, comments and conversations uh, with our guest of honor today, uh, who I am absolutely thrilled to be able to speak with again, is uh, Michael Berman, uh, principal designer of Michael Berman Limited. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Thank you, Josh. I'm great. How are you? I am well, thank see. you. It's so funny too, because I had one of my greatest lessons in in speaking and panels with Michael, and I figure I I can tell you all this story first before we get into it. We were having a conversation at um, the West Edge Design Fair in October, and it was uh, Genevieve Trousdale, Michael, and Timothy Corrigan, and we were talking. I was I was so excited about this conversation that I just kind of went on and rambled on about Meeting everyone and how this all came about before I ever introduced Michael. And I looked over at Michael and he had that sweet, angelic Michael Berman face. It's just, oh. He's so <laughs> I, it's the greatest. Oh, thank so you. Well, I'm excited about our conversation today. Um, thank you. Me too. The showroom is an opportunity for us to get together and talk about design and to get a little bit deeper into uh, design and some of the projects that folks are out there working on. And Michael and I had a chance to meet, although I don't think we got to talk prior to this this conversation we're about to have today about the uh, Christopher Kennedy Showcase House in Palm Springs. Um, But one thing that I would like to mention is if you have any questions as the conversation goes on about any of the images that you see about any of the products, or you want to know why Michael made certain choices or why he
1: didn't—anything,
0: um, yeah. right? This is Anything. really. An- Please go down to the chat section, right there at the at the bottom, and type your questions in. And uh, Eric will Erica will go ahead and and jump in and um, let us know when we when we have a question. And she will also right. be running the show on the backside, showing you some seriously amazing. Michael Berman design images.
2: Yes, and just to let everyone know, I've also added into our chat all of the um, product information links and links to the Studio Modern um, Ceramic and Stone collection. So those are all kind of easily copy and paste for you if you need any product, more serious, detailed product information.
0: Great. With that said, um, let's back up a second uh to the to the house that we're to the project that we're going to start with which is the christopher kennedy compound showcase house for modernism week and i was trying to remember it was 2017 correct uh
1: 2018 18. um yes (laughs) do you do you remember time flies i know it really does
0: it really does do you remember what you were thinking? This was clearly, this was not your first design house. And every, you and I have spoken about this before. You have a very interesting process when when you approach a design house project. And I was hoping you would sort of share that with everyone. What do you think about how you approach it and the story that you try to create?
1: Sure. Well, um, for me specifically, because I actually um, have more than one Reason for wanting to participate in a showcase house. Um, because I design products, because I have license agreements, um, especially one with Walker's Anger, um, it's really important for me to uh, use my product, show how it can be inspiring to other designers and end users. And in addition to that, of course, the concept behind a designer working on a showcase house is that we want to attract attention. We want to attract customers. We want to attract uh, potential buyers of some of our products. And um, most of all, it's like a painter's palette for me, um, where it's a blank canvas. And uh, to be able to sort of do your own thing and create your own look without uh, too much input from a particular client is uh, really kind of a cool thing. It's It's like an artist creating their own design without any boundaries. So that's it. Yeah. I'm, am, am sorry, I
2: I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, Vicki, I can't seem to get to your <laughs> iPad. If you could mute your um I Vicki, Vicky's iPad, if you could mute Thank yourself, you, that would be appreciated. There sorry, you I go. can't get to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, she got it. Thank you, Vicki. Um, I hear some sloshing noise. Is that me? No, that was Vicky's iPad, but Vicki okay. um <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I love I love that approach, Michael. And, and having spoken to you before, especially about this project, because one of the things that I loved best about this project was, and Erica, maybe this is a good time to to throw in some images if you can, is a couple of things. You are such a you're a brave, bold designer, uh, and you make some choices sometimes that some might not might not choose. Because they are so bold, your color choices. Um, in particular, the porthole that you designed in the back bedroom wall that looks mm-hmm. outside. Where did that come from?
1: Well, um, one of the one of the most important aspects of doing this project was to be able to create daylight that would come into the master bathroom, um, because that that bathroom in particular the location of where it was placed within the house was dark and um, not that exciting to be honest with you. So I I started to think about, well, how can I bring in all of that gorgeous daylight and the exposure to the mountains and the view into a room that was essentially an internal room. So I thought, well, let's create a window and um, let's make that window something that disappears in the evening so that, if you're in the master bathroom, you have privacy. And then when it closes the master bedroom, which is on the adjacent wall, um, it becomes a mirror. And so it's like a design feature. So it's great because for the people that live in the house, um, it just allows a lot of beautiful natural light to come through. And the way that I created the porthole design was um, by doing a repetition of circular motifs in this otherwise very geometric shaped space we have circular mirrors over two separate vanities in this bathroom. And so I thought, let's do another circle, the same proportion, same size as the mirrors in the center section and create this like porthole. And also it's kind of cool because like I said, the rest of the house is very geometric. But what I love is the sort of dialogue between curvilinear forms and a lot of things that are very linear. And so um, that punctuation of the portholes um, became another architectural element for this bathroom. Okay, so there you so go. You can see, yeah. you can see like the center the center is the porthole and it has a pocket, um, so to speak, like a pocket door that either completely exposes the porthole so that you can see right through or when you close it, it's a mirror on the bedroom side and then it's wallpapered on the uh, bathroom side
0: and i and i love this too because the porthole from the other side takes on this completely different personality because of the color and i'll go, we'll go there in a minute but on this side with the bathroom the porthole is now this repeating pattern for the for the two circular mirrors which also serves uh the bench or the seating area which you've basically created an entire spa-like environment it's it, this bathroom is so multi-purpose and multi yeah. It's yep. just, it's, yep. it's amazing. So as you design the bathroom, do you remember if there was a story behind this? You know, one of the beautiful things about design houses is that you, as the creator, as the designer, you get to sort of create your own story about who this is for. Do you do that or do you Well, use the-
1: sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's actual owners of, of a showcase house. So it's not like hypothetical, you know... Um, Mm -hmm. clients. It's actually real people that have real input and um, have real requirements. And in this particular instance, there were uh, owners of the house and they really, they they wanted this to feel like a spa environment. Mm -hmm. They wanted it to stay very monochromatic and modern. Um, They didn't want a lot of color infused into the master bathroom. They wanted it to stay sort of a respite or or a um, Um, you know, a retreat type of room. Well, the challenge, of course, was that it was the size of a master like walk-in closet. It was not originally very large at all. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I flipped where the location of the master closet was and the location of the old bathroom, flipped them around, gave it a little bit more space, took some space out of the closet and created a little bit wider environment. And because it's very, very long, Mm -hmm. what we were able to do was take, the center section right under the porthole window and create a built-in bench that connected the two vanities um together and we used that um really gorgeous new product from walker zanger that's a terrazzo tile it's fragmento bardiglio um it's mouthful (laughs) but it's it's fabulous it's like it's in a steel gray color and it's a poor terrazzo but it's done in a two by two Um, tile. What's really great about it is that it's uh, three-quarter inches thick so it really allows for you to use it and fabricate things um, just like you would with a slab material. So what we did was we created a steel frame then we um, uh, framed the steel with wood then we clad the wood with this particular terrazzo tile and it created a continuous ledge to which the two vanities sit and the center seating section. We put a cushion on it and some throw pillows and we covered the whole thing in like this white cotton terry cloth. And it's it's really nice. It's a place to just sort of relax after you get out of the bathtub or out of the shower. And it, it added like depth and dimension to a small bathroom where otherwise it would be like nothing but cabinetry. But here you've got a separate little sitting area and 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 breadth and
2: width to the space. I loved it. I saw it. I went to the show. It was wonderful.
1: Oh, thank Thank you. Who said that? Thank you, Suzanne.
2: Suzanne.
1: Yeah. Oh, I Suzanne.
0: Okay. (laughs) No, it's great. Um, And you know, one of the things too, Michael, is working with um, working with Christopher is is fun too because you know, in my experience, and and maybe you can you can shed a little light on this as well. He he gives the designers. a full opportunity to do he he kind of gives you all the tools that you need and the space and the space to do it. Was there anything that you wanted to do on this project that you you thought twice about or couldn't do or do you know you had-
1: what you you're absolutely right about that. And working on this project with Christopher Kennedy and 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 his actually these were his clients on um, that own the house. And so they were really taking quite a leap of faith by asking, you know Half a dozen des- designers to to do a different room in every in in the whole house, um, and then hopefully see the whole thing come together and have some thread of continuity and a cohesion. Um, but one thing I would say is that he's you know Christopher's very uh, he's a designer, so he sees beyond what's in front of you, and so his ability to convey those ideas, you know, as a conduit to the client was really. Um, valuable. And he, you know, he believes in me, believes in everybody, obviously, that he asks to participate. And with this particular space, you know, I did the master bedroom, the spa area outside, and then the master bathroom. Um, there wasn't anything that I feel like I left out that I should have put in. It it, it really sort of, it. I feel like it was highly successful the clients absolutely love it it highlights their the new products beautifully like my new um stone tile which Mm -hmm. is dimensional and clads the entire back wall of the bathroom that you know goes right from the the bathtub area into the shower and then we used a new stone there it is that's that's the new um it's a it's called claire dimensional it's done in calcutta and it's fabulous there's six by Uh, 12 uh, 12 by 6 wide tiles that are very dimensional and they're um, kind of a refreshed idea from the ceramic line the Studio Modern ceramic line that I created uh, for Walker Zanger previously but these are stones that have dimension and a honed finish and this very beautiful subtle texture and uh, really like premium Calcutta material so the coloration is just gorgeous um, and we used it against the whole back wall and we went, you know, like the glass from the shower bisects right through the tile and, and this goes right into the shower wall uh, walls and it's just, it's gorgeous. So again, this bathroom, I wanted to get a lot of details and a lot of material into somewhat of a small space without it feeling overly busy or, you know, intensely colorful. And I think we, we, we did a good job with that. I think you did a remarkable job with that, and I'm curious. Thanks
0: to Walker and, Zang, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the um, and, and, and hold on one second, one yeah. second. Okay, could you go back to that bathroom for one second? Because I have a question. Um, when you lay this out, how much how much time did you spend on a tile by tile basis? When because you the coloration is absolutely beautiful. It's stunning, and you have so many different different. The the shapes are, are uniform, but but the veins are different. You had so much option, so many options. Yeah. When you lay out something like this, do you yeah. do you prep it? Do you lay it out in advance, or yeah, do we do. As you go.
1: No, we definitely do. We 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 look at the tiles. We look at the the variation in the veining. Um, just like any really good designer will try and place, um, a proportionate amount of you know busier pieces with more subtle and quieter pieces, just so that there's uniformity. Um, but what we did was we laid it out on the floor in front. And then we would say, okay, we want this tile to be in the lower left corner. We want this tile to be more prominent in the center. Um, but also in addition to that, it's it's kind of like a puzzle putting together um the wall and the installation, not because of the not because of the veining or the the um the variation in the material, but because of where you want a lot of the plumbing and the niches to be located so you always when you when you're using a product like this you want to make sure that your tile and the center of a rough in valve are in communication so that you don't end up with a hot lever in the middle of one tile and a cold lever you know on the edge of another tile it's 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 not complicated but it does take a bit of time to calculate and to figure it out and so you know with any kind of tile layout that's a real important aspect of it. Um, But I have to just say that I think with this particular collection of the Calcutta there are some tiles that have more veining than others but by and large it's all fairly consistent.
0: Yeah no and it's beautiful it's absolutely stunning. Moving over to the shower for a second um, Mm. I I was curious about the product that you used in there as well as um, as well as the floor tile, because yeah. there, you yeah. have—it's interesting—you you have so many different um, different choices that you used in this one space. Yet everything seems le- seamlessly flows from one to the next. That the colors, the shapes, the patterns—it come from the wall to the floor, and then the floor back up to the to the other floor choice, where the terrazzo has has the same the same color gradation in it. Um, Yeah, I just think it's I think it's stunning and the amount of prep and research that goes
1: into this Was this a fun process for you? It's it's an amazing process and I have to say um, You know sometimes all the stars are in alignment and everything really coordinates perfectly with this particular collection You know working with Walker Zanger. I was responsible for creating the shapes and then I consult with Walker Zanger of course for the material because they have you know, proprietary material that they only carry, colorations that they only carry. Um, and they also had in this particular instance as well, um, another product, which is the the um, Fragmento Terrazzo. So the Fragmento Terrazzo was something that they are introducing at the same time as I was introducing the new um, Studio Modern stone uh, collection. But they just happened to coordinate beautifully because the color palettes were so similar. You've got this really gorgeous dove gray tone, which works um, really perfectly with the steel gray um, color of the petite, the petite Claire mosaic, which is what you're looking at on the floor of the shower. Um, But also they, we sort of coordinate everything to work with Calcutta, you know the particular Calcutta that Walker Zanger offers which is a lot clearer and brighter and whiter Um, and so anyway to answer your question a little bit quicker yes everything coordinated beautifully some of that was coordination the other bit of that was just kind of pure luck it's never pure luck no I mean not pure luck but um, serendipitous it's just like you know oh my god that product that Walker Zanger was already creating and about to introduce looked so perfect with the new stone tiles that were part of my collection. So you put the two together and there's a beautiful marriage of color and a dialogue and material. And it just, you know, it's one of those things that just um, works beautifully together. So I love the fact that we kind of marketed it, marketed it together. Uh, yeah, when such, Michael
2: no. came into the showroom, I had to basically steal a piece from, um, and we cut it. I think I gave you like a two inch by two inch little square yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I was allowed to take. It, the fragments was so new into, yeah. our, into yeah. our showroom that day. Yeah.
1: So. Well, you know, Josh, actually, here's one thing that was sort of I um, I I don't know what exactly you'd call it, but it was, um, a blessing in disguise, I guess you'd say. And that is that originally we were going to use the white version of the terrazzo for all the flooring and the the ledge that the two vanities and the sitting area sit on. And um, I can't remember what the issue was, but because this was brand new, I think that the amount of material we needed wasn't available immediately. So we ended up going with the um, the gray color. And in hindsight, I guess that would be the uh, the one thing that was a nice surprise, um, because in reality they that terrazzo comes in three colors: a dark gray, a medium gray, and then a white. And uh, and the dark gray was just going to be too dark. The white was unavailable, and the medium gray was just like perfect. You know, sort of like Goldilocks and the three bears in this case. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's no, absolutely. It's it's what you call a happy accident in this case. Yeah. Now here's what I here's one of the things that I that I absolutely loved about this. You go from this spa zen, color specific, subtle in- environment, and you have this portal, this porthole in the wall, and as you transition to the other side, it's like you're transitioning into another dimension because yeah. the the color. The, you know, you're entering just a, a totally different world in the master bedroom. Yeah, and I am curious, where did the inspiration for for that wall come from? Was it the color first, and then the porthole, or was it the porthole first, and then and then the color, and then the design in the master? And you can sort <laughs> of see it there.
1: Wow, um, to be honest with you, what the concept that I had um, at the very beginning, be, based on the feedback that I was getting from the owners. Was to keep everything monochromatic. They oh, you nailed it. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't want a lot of color. But when they do use color, they wanted it like in a bold stroke, like um, pop art. You know, they love the idea of white walls and then a shock of color, which is often the way that I would decorate and do my own projects. I love a lot of neutral backgrounds and then like a shock of color, whether it's an artwork or you know a couple pieces of furniture, but by and large, I love the idea of monochromatic backdrops. And so, with this particular job, we found um, this great, oh my God, it's such a cool wall covering. It's from um, uh, Pierre Frey, the French textile and wall covering company. And um, they t- did a custom version of it for me. And it's essentially um, a hand painted canvas that they then digitally print and blow up and create this entire wall of like brush stroked color. And um, we selected specifically the, the colors that we wanted to use. But what I love about it is like when you're walking into the this, this suite, the master suite, first you walk through this hallway, which is very monochromatic. It's a textured white wall. And then you see the master bathroom and it's somewhat monochromatic. It's all beautiful white marble and gray marble. And then I have just like a touch of color with you know a, uh, flowers and a bathrobe, whatever. And then you walk into the master bedroom and you turn around and then you're faced with this shock of absolute, you know, art gallery vibrance and and color. And I think it's a surprise and it also sort of it works because it creates um, this amazing contemporary art backdrop for the bed and, and, and everything else in the room to be somewhat quieter. Um, and what happened is when we did the porthole cut through that mural of color, um, you know, it pierces right through the center of it. And so we, we created a bronze mirror on the backside of the porthole so that it, it looked like it was an intentional mirror hung over the bed. And of course it reflects the mountains and the view outside the windows. Um, and, uh, and the owners loved it. Yeah. I
0: loved it. Well, what's, what's not to love? What's interesting too yeah. is, and I wanted to ask you, once you, once you exit out of the master on the outside, the mm-hmm. terrazzo continues, uh, on the, on the patio as yeah. well as, um, onto the ledge and the coping of yeah.
1: the spa. Was that the same terrazzo as? Yeah. The so, um, there's this. Fantastic patio that we created right outside of the master uh, bedroom because all of the doors pocket away, like into the walls. And so it's this really, you know, Palm Springs iconic indoor outdoor living experience. And it faces this particular property is amazing because it has like 180 degree views of mountains. Usually you have just views in the front of the house, just views in the back of the house. I mean, this house has views all the way around. And so we really wanted to take advantage of that this patio off of the master bedroom is really neat because Lisa McDennan, who's a fabulous interior designer from Newport beach did all the furnishings out there. And what we did myself with the assistance of Walker Zanger was to create this really beautiful platform out of the same Fragmento, Bardiglio um, terrazzo tile. And, It's great because it's a consistent thread that runs now from the master bathroom into the bedroom through onto the terrace. And then we also used it as the coping and interior water uh, feature line in the spa, which is directly behind the patio. You can see it right there. And um, it's beautiful because, you know, for a showcase house, it's a refreshing thing to have a sense of continuity a thread that runs through rather than a different material everywhere which is often the case in showcase houses um and i think for that particular reason this is really successful because you've got the stark white stucco of this beautiful mid century modern architectural home and then you've got bright white interior walls and then you've got the white and gray marble and the and the gray terrazzo so everything just sort of pops and it um, and works really beautifully.
0: Yeah, and, it, and uh, again, one of the things that you do is, is, you know, this subtle balance with everything that you do. You know, as a designer, you've got, you've got the spa on the outside juxtaposed against the, the bathtub on the other side of the porthole window. And then you've got the master in between. With, you've really taken four very distinct livable functioning areas. Yeah. And you've made them all work together.
1: And, and, and one thing I just want to mention, which is really a cool thing, because I'm very proud of that porthole concept. <laughs> um, and in fairness, my assistant, Rod, was very instrumental in, in, in putting that together as well. Um, uh, but what I want to say is, what was a great sort of bonus or added surprise was when you're in the master bedroom or when you're on the terrace, outside of the master bedroom and the porthole window is open you can see through and you see that beautiful um, marble dimensional tile on the walls so again it's a white on white dimensional textural tonal thing um, that is really refreshing and and in palm springs in particular you know you'll often see I'm in Palm Springs right now and I will show you around in a second, but the thing that's just so, you know, um, wonderful about this sunlight and this atmosphere is when you pair it in contrast to something very colorful and then you have something, you know, so, so sunlight white that it's um, almost blinding, but that's the look that people are after because it's so cooling, it's a nice cooling effect. And that's kind of what we're after here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of wanted to, to transition. And I, I didn't know you were going to give us a tour of the house. I love well, that. Well, I could show and you around a little bit, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait. I had, a, I had a question that I wanted to ask you about, though, because we talked about the product side. And we talked about the partnership with Walker Zanger. And I, and I, I think, you know, it's so rare and it's so valuable. Designers that I speak to tell me this all the time to find that partnership. Is, is really special. When did you first start working with Walker Zanger? And then I, I also want to know about the, the product side of it, the licensing side of it, the, cre- the creation, sort of
1: how the yeah. creative and the business work together. Sure. Um, I, 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 I could be completely mistaken here because time flies, um, as you know. But I think I started my relationship with Walker Zanger in the late 90s for one thing, maybe even earlier than that, as a customer, um, using a lot of the product whenever possible. The very first thing that I did with Walker's Anger that we photographed and it just went on and on and on was this really fantastic kitchen that I used a tumbled travertine um, stone and It was just this iconic imagery of this fabulous kitchen that was inspired by like a 1930s train station with open beam work and a gigantic clock. And um, it was just one of those projects that got photographed and used and repeated. And the light fixtures I used in it were iconic. And it sort of put me on the map in terms of designing kitchens and, and bathrooms, which is my passion. I love, love, love doing kitchens and bathrooms. And um, I just became very friendly with a lot of the, the people at Walker's Anger. And I think around 2007, I, I believe I pitched the concept of creating um, a sort of graphic, modern style, ceramic tile collection for them. Um, and it was a bit of a gap, I think, in some of the things that they were offering at the time. And um, um, I had a point of view and an inspiration that I presented to them in drawings. And then the way that I often do my presentations would be pencil sketches, drawings, um, as many samples as possible for color. Uh, I also like to tell a, a story with a storyboard, you know, um, with any product, who's the potential uh, specifier, which who is it designers, is it architects? Or is it the end user? What part of the luxury industry are we going to actually um, cater to, you know, uh, because this is a, a luxury industry product? Um, and so I delved into all of that and it was 2007 and we put together the Studio Modern collection and it's been really successful. I mean, I gotta, I think, knock on plexiglass and silver leaf right there. Um, Everything's been really, you know, really wonderful in terms of the working relationship with the people at Walker Zanger. I mean, I'm not just saying this, but it's absolutely true. And I think it probably goes both ways. I have a a way of working that's um, easy and not pressure, pressuresome. And these are, oh, my God. I mean, look at the the way that they actually photograph and merchandise my product. I mean, I'm beyond satisfied and thrilled. Um, That's. That's the um, fretwork tile from Studio Moderne um, that is in a color called Ecru. Um, and uh, that's the marquee pattern, which is sort of inspired by the old um, real dimensional tin ceilings. Um, and um, we do oh my God, this is Paramount, um, which I love, uh, which is inspired by the Hollywood Bowl in... Uh, Los Angeles. It's an overscaled um, twenty by twenty tile, which is another thing that sometimes what, what we'll do is we'll have a dialogue, Walker Zanger and myself, about um, what kind of new uh, fabricating method, or sometimes they'll have they'll find a factory, you know, halfway around the world and this factory has amazing capabilities. So they'll say, you know, is there something that we can do with this type of craftsmanship. We would like to, you know, take advantage of the craftsmanship of this particular uh, factory. So can you design something around that? So we've done a lot of these things. This is one of my favorites. This is uh, called Diplomat and Ambassador. They're a male and female fitting tile that go together in this elongated bow tie. But I mean, you could do so many things with it. And again, it creates this beautiful um, overall textural wall of, um, of tile. And, you know, one of the things that I love about tile using it is when people use it in a very broad stroke. And I think one of the trends most recently that I can see is where people are using tile as a feature wall, a whole wall in a master bedroom that butts up to um, a beautiful bed or, you know, floor to ceiling fireplace, um, the whole backsplash In a kitchen, including behind the stove, Um, using this product in really broad strokes is, I think, just just really wonderful. I mean, I would love to see people use um, a bit of the ceramic tile and the dimensional stone materials on the exterior of buildings a lot more. The way that you know tile used to be used for commercial purposes, um, which I just think is is a beautiful look and sort of that, you know. Era of nineteen forties, nineteen thirties, Art Deco, um, that kind of that kind of period. Um, but anyway, so the licensing it evolves. It's a relationship that we talk about back and forth. Um, and I create a presentation, and and um, if it's something that has real appropriate usage in our business, then they respond to it and. That's sort of across the board for all of the different companies that I work with. I try to find a niche that they're maybe a little bit lacking in. And then I try and figure out where the market is moving and who the end user would be. And along with the art department, the art direction of the actual companies, we come up with a color palette and uh, materials that fit a particular price point. I think there's also a little bit of trust, actually
0: a lot of trust that has to go into that relationship too. You know, backing up a second, one of the things that you mentioned was specifically with Walker Zanger was the, um, the type of marketing that they do in support of your line. And, you know, it, it's funny how easily you say that and it just sort of goes into another topic, but gosh, that is so important. Isn't it where, you know, it's the marketing, it's being able to have a conversation about product, potential, what the materials can do, where they're sourced, especially now, you know, sourcing the materials is so so important. And don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, The the trust factor, absolute. It has to go both ways. I mean, I've done um, other licensing agreements And many of them, I would have to say, like, let's just say 90% of them, very successful. Um, You know, there's a a very open dialogue and communication between the people involved in working with um, the company that I'm licensing with and then, of course, my company. Um, But once in a while, you don't see eye to eye on something. I I guess that's just, you know, natural. but what I do to sort of create a shortcut um, or shorthand sort of uh, dialogue about that is create imagery and propose visuals that show, okay, this is how I'd like it to be marketed. This is how I'd like it to be photographed. This is how we'd like to present it to the consumer or the designer in the uh, industry. Um, you know, this is how the propping should go when it's art directed for photography. I don't micromanage all of that. I just give my input and influence. And and luckily those uh, suggestions are, are carried through. Um, and, you know, that's a two-way street. They've got to trust me that I'm going to create something that's really saleable and practical and functional. And, most of all saleable. I mean, nobody wants to see product that's just a vanity product that looks good on the shelf but nobody look, you know, is, is buying it. One of the wonderful things about the Walker Zanger products, especially the Studio Modern stuff, is that there is a long shelf life to it. And, you know, colors kind of come and go, but classic shapes and classic material and the way that they're crafted with quality and luxury in mind stays a constant. So you can refresh things. Like in 2018, during this showcase house, we refreshed the stone portion of the Studio Modern collection. um, And we refreshed some of the ceramic tiles as well. Um, One of the beautiful things is that we didn't completely discontinue um, a, a, a lot of it. We just sort of edited it and enhanced what was already there. And um, I like to think, and I'm very proud of it, that a lot of the things that I do design, including furniture and plumbing fixtures and area rugs and ceramic tile and stone, um, have a longevity, have a shelf life that, in this day and age, when there's so much available, there's so many options. um, The fact that a lot of my product is, used in a consistent way and um, respected by my own peers and colleagues is, uh, it's incredible. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to back up a second, and you talk about using using product in new and different ways. Uh About four or five years ago at KBiz, I started to notice that bathroom products we're getting. I, I want to almost call them more aggressive. You know, designers and manufacturers were getting more aggressive with what they were doing in the bathroom, and then following that, as you might expect, bathrooms started having a moment—spa-like, more yeah.
1: functional. Yeah, there was there was more to it. Yeah. Um, well, of, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just. I mean, I think we're we're seeing a very similar renaissance of home projects happening again. Um, I think what you're referring to was probably the result of maybe the state of affairs uh, after 2008 where things sort of took a dive. Um, What was happening is that, you know, um, my partner David Rubin and I have this conversation all the time because he's in the travel industry and and, um, travel is also a luxury. And our homes and what we put into our homes is a luxury. And we are always having this conversation about what is, what are people spending their money on? What are the luxury experiences that people are um, investing in? For a long time, it was experiential. You know, people are going places, buying things, consuming things. Um, For a long time, it was creating uh, a newfound Luxury in your own home, which would be like the master bathroom, which became a spa-like experience. Um, It seems like there are so many amazing products on the market that enhance that whole spa-like, rejuvenating, zen-like retreat experience with bathtubs and shower fittings and I mean, you name it. You can have an aromatherapy experience in your in your bathroom now, not have to step outside and go to a spa. Um, and with that, in, in with that said, that's when I think you started to see people really taking a second look at their bathrooms and their kitchens, for that matter, and thinking, "Oh my God, the infrastructure of this home is going to give me so much pleasure and so much." Joy and 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 love and it's a return on your investment, you know, tenfold in terms of, you know, resale as well. But just living in an environment that functions and is aesthetically pleasing is so valuable for people. I think, you know, unfortunately, based on what's happened recently with the um, the economy and the way that things are going, um, the crisis, which I feel that we're sort of emerging out of right now slowly, I think that we're going to start seeing a lot more of that kind of um, energy and thought put into the reinvestment of our environments. I feel it already. I feel it just by speaking to some of my own customers, my own clients. And um, I I think one thing that might be very interesting is to see a product in the future that caters to, um, you know, The fact that it's it's much safer and easier to clean um, in all aspects of our industry, whether it's you know ceramic tile and stone that has maybe a particular finish to it that's impervious to some type of you know bacteria and germs. I'm going to have to invent this, of course, but um, (laughs) you know, but there's got to be you know just like we 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 came as an industry and answered the the call for flammability codes and um, all the ADA compliant products, and I think we're going to we're going to come and start answering similar uh, questions about the way products maybe are made in the future and how they stay safe for our health and the environment. I think that's true, and I think what's interesting as well,
0: you know, it's become it's become apparent. And this is where I was going with it. So thank you for taking me down the road is, you know, a couple years after bathrooms, kitchens, people started getting creative with the kitchens. The manufacturers started putting more appliances in drawers, which left more opportunity yeah. for designers to, to utilize the space, which is where people like you decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take that wall where maybe someone else would have put a subway tile and there's nothing wrong with subway tile at, at all. I have it in my kitchen, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. to take to take that space and say you know what i'm going to do something different i think that you know now the way that we shop is different so maybe yeah. you know what used to be maybe a mudroom or maybe the entry maybe maybe the idea of a vestibule is coming back i yeah. think it you're you're right to your point it is the designers that that make you know, what was trendy a trend and become something of that becomes a norm
1: yeah um well that is actually um something that keeps me dreaming at night is how do I create the next bread and butter tile? How do I create the next subway tile that's going to be used on every surface in the world? Because, you know, subway tiles, I don't know, somebody took a look at them in like, I don't know what year, 1999 or something, and said, hey, why don't we start putting this in our homes? Up until then, I mean, you didn't really see subway tiles plastered all over kitchens and bathrooms and you name it. It's all over. Um, and so, you know, part of, well, I'm going to segue into something very, maybe a little different, but but still on topic. And that is, you know, what's happening right now and what, what keeps me sort of thinking about the future and what new products are, are going to be, you know, looking like. And, um, you know, being home right now, being quarantined, just like everybody else else's. Um, I think it's an interesting time. You know, you gotta sort of look at where's the silver lining in all of this. Um, it's a sad period in American history. It's a sad time for a lot of people. Um, and many of us are blessed to just, you know, still stay healthy and be working in an environment, whether it's our home, our apartment, whatever, um, and find inspiration daily, find joy, in the slowness, and almost the reversal of nature, in a sense. You know, um, you start noticing things more, and you start paying attention to things more, and what was almost so important, and hectic, and chaotic before, is now like, you know what, it's an afterthought. Um, And so, one of the things that I really love about working from home now is my solitude number one just the fact that I can really gather my thoughts I can sit at my home desk I mean I haven't had a real desk in my home where I was working in many years because I've been out in the industry in the office space you know with people around me and everything and now I'm like I feel like I've reversed my creative energies I'm like I'm going backwards again. Um, one of the things that I do um, is I keep sketchbooks. I've kept sketchbooks since 19, you know, like 1982, and I revert back to them all the time. And I keep looking back, and I go, "Well, what was it that I sketched up in 1984 that I was thinking about ceramic tile or about, you know, lighting that I can look back on?" And so I have these books on the shelf. I take them out. I look back once in a while. And um, I feel like now, in particular, maybe it's because I'm I'm in the desert, but I feel like there's a softness to what I want to put out in the market, and a more natural and organic quality to a lot of things, and um, a, a curvilinear form to things. I'm 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 feeling things that have a lot more sensuous lines to them, and um, um, almost like a free-form free flowing kind of thing. I guess if I was feeling inspiration from a particular era, it would be, say, like the 1970s, which was a lot more free-flowing, you know, in terms of style and fashion and, and thinking. It was just, um, you know, you've had, you had, like, fashion with bell-bottoms and the wrap dress and disco and things that were just free flowing and free, free moving even hair. (laughs) This is, this is kind of like what I'm thinking in terms of products for the future. I'm curious, Uh, a product aside,
0: as a designer, has this changed, has this experience over the last six, seven weeks um, and you being at home and you noticing things like your desk, for example, has has this changed the way that you view the the residential home is this the way that you that has this changed your approach to Um, designing a home
1: yes a bit because um as we see we don't really know what's happening in the future in fact i guess it's safe to say that the future isn't really something that any of us can count on at this point i mean You know, we all know that there is a future, but we don't know what it's going to look like. And I think the future of what I'm going to create in people's homes from this point forward is going to be an environment where they can work and they can have uh, their privacy. Um, You know, I was asked actually yesterday by the Wall Street Journal about what kind of ideas I would implement in terms of... um, working at home creating a a quieter environment a lot of people a lot of people on on this particular format right now are you know have kids in the other room have dogs in the other room have spouses in the other room have roommates in the other space and we're all trying to maintain our you know our our work environment our privacy you know like i'm sitting here in my living room i got my dog yeah whatever so um i think it's important to to sort of reevaluate Um, home offices and um, just spaces that create a personal identification and a personal uh, spot. Like I've done projects for many clients over the years and currently. um, And I, I know that once in a while they ask me for, you know, I need a little desk in the kitchen area to pay bills and then I need a study. And the study is something that's, you know, It's just there for looks, but I think in the future, what we're really going to look at is people creating uh, businesses from home. Uh, Designers, decorators, architects. We're shopping virtually now. Uh, We can't get into the Walker Zanger showroom or the Walker Zanger warehouse. So we're going online and we're shopping online and we're looking at catalogs and we're pulling tear sheets and we're contacting the, the people who work at Walker Zanger by phone and requesting things, samples and stuff. Um, And so I think, yes, creating a home environment that's conducive to really a budding business um, is going to be something that it's going to definitely be on my checklist of questions for clients in the future. You know, it wasn't before, but I think in the future it would be. Oh my gosh. The,
0: the mental health room, which has all of the padded walls so you can just go in and scream <laughs> out of frustration. <laughs> the, the Zoom room where you can assure that nobody's going to walk behind you. No kids. Yes. A Zoom, Zoom room. Yeah. Definitely.
1: A dedicated <laughs> Zoom room where you can just by the click of a button, you can change the, the wallpaper behind you and you can make your you know, clients think that you're like really out at the job site right now. Working on you know really important <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i think I think all of those things are are really going to become very valid you know just the 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 home in general I mean I just I really do believe, even like you know after nine eleven we saw what was happening. people were traveling a lot less. what were they doing they were investing in the infrastructure of their homes they were upgrading their kitchens, they were upgrading their bathrooms, they were decorating, they were, you know, expanding, they were putting additions on. And um, I think that that's, I think that that's going to return a bit. I do.
2: Um, So we just received a question through chat from Sonia Lido, and I think it tails beautifully with what you just said, but she wanted to know what you think the future of homes will change In terms of great rooms and open spaces?
1: Very interesting. Okay, so for so long now, um, clients and, uh, well, homes from the ground up and remodeling have really um, wanted these big great rooms. You know, it's an open space where the family can congregate and be together and share in all the joys of you know, family life. Well, guess what? So now you've got your kids on the sofa in one space, not completely paying attention to you at all. And you're like sitting across from them. And, um, and now you've got this big open space and everybody's in it, but nobody's communicating. You know, you've got everybody on their cell phones, everybody on their laptops, everybody on their computer, people playing video games. It's interesting. I think that the the, um, the period of time when this great room was such a great concept has sort of disappeared. And I feel like a lot of the projects recently that I've been working on, people don't want this overly large scaled space. And they're kind of going back to a kitchen that they can still entertain in. They can still have a group of people hanging out because that's what people do. But then they can have a separate space Um, and they can have a a, a separate dining room and a separate living room. And a lot of families I know are going back and saying, no, kids, this is our time. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to be I'm sure, Erica, you've got some kind of input on this one with your kids. But I'm saying I think it's I, I know that I don't have children, but if I did. I would be that way. And I would be like, no, put, put everything down. And this is our time to like eat dinner together, communicate, talk about anything, just talk. Um, and I feel like when you're in this gigantic open space, you're giving your kids free rein, free run. And um, you know, you're so distant from each other. You're not paying attention. Um, I like the idea of a little bit more intimacy in a space. Um, I, I, for a long time I felt that way. Um, I also like to, to, to get a little messy in the kitchen and I like to keep it kind of contained from the visuals of everything else. So that's my feeling. I, I,
0: I think that, um, I, think, I think you're spot on. And of course, and with that, you know, we're, we're bumping up against an hour and I really, I just wanted to take a moment. Michael, thank you very much for doing this. Um, you're welcome. Thank you all for joining us as well. Erica, thank you uh, for your help, moderating the questions and the slideshow. Yeah, those, those, those pictures are stellar. This is the showroom, um, and we're going to be doing this every, you know, every other week, as time permits, um, where we're going to be telling stories like this with remarkable talent like Michael Berman. Michael, thank you so much. again. You're very welcome. Thank My you, pleasure. Michael. Thank this you. Is, this is a joy. And uh, if anyone wants to hear this conversation again, um, we will be publishing it uh, as an episode of the Convo by Design podcast. And again, I'm Josh Cooperman. I'm the uh, host and publisher of Convo by Design, as well as the associate publisher and online editor for Modern Luxuries Interior Interiors California Magazine. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, thank you. for coming out. Yeah. Michael, thank you so much for doing My this. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael, for your talent and participation. Thank you, Walker Sanger and Erica, for helping moderate this chat thank you Thermosalt, for your support of combo by design and thank you for listening to the show subscribing to the podcast and coming out to our events of which there are many on the horizon and we will be getting together soon i trust thanks for listening and until next week keep creating